favorite authors, friends, and guests explore the simpler side of life. Here's your host, Amish fiction author, Tracy Fertikowski. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Buggy Talk. I'm your host, Tracy Fertikowski. Each week, I'll bring you the story behind the stories along with the storytellers. For this week's episode, we have New York Times and USA Today's best-selling author, Shelley Shepard Gray, who will introduce us to her latest release, Edgewater Road. Hello, Shelley. How are you today? I'm wonderful, Tracy. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, we've had you on before, or I've had you on before, and I'm I'm very tickled that you agreed to come back on to talk about Edgewater Road. And, and typically, everyone knows that I try to keep to Amish-themed books, but your Edgewater Road is set in a little bit of Ohio's Amish country, and you actually introduce us to a couple characters who are Amish in your book. So a um, great change of pace for our listeners who sometimes might want to dabble in contemporary fiction, small town fiction, as well as um, Amish fiction. So I'm excited to talk to you about that. Um, but before we get started, like always, our listeners really enjoy getting to know some of their favorite authors, especially you, Shelley. And I want to ask you a, a few questions about your writing career. Is that okay? Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to talk about it. Okay. Well, the first question I have for you today is, can you remember the first book that really made you cry? I can. I, I'm assuming you're talking about what, what book I wrote that made me cry. And uh, and that is a, a, a historical Western I wrote, and it's called A Texan's um, Honor. And what it was is, is I had uh, this kind of a, a bad guy named Scout, and there was a, a big event with someone he was trying to fix, trying to help. She ended up um, passing away. And I sat there in front of my um, computer and just bawled. I remember that vividly, and that was a long time ago. As far as a, a book reading, I would have to say To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, I remember reading that on a bus trip in school, and I started crying um, when I read that book. Being in high school and crying over a book, I'm sure that that was a little traumatic because kids can be very mean, but um, To Kill a Mockingbird was a classic story, so I can see that. Yeah, luckily, um, the, everyone kind of got, got it. I, I think another book, maybe people would have looked at me funny. I, or maybe they did anyway. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I'm glad that you remember that. Like a year and a half ago, I was in the middle of writing a story and I had made the main character's mother pass away. And within like just weeks of me writing that, my husband's father passed away. So all of those emotions, even though it was his father passing away and not a mother, that emotion was very raw. And I think my story actually was better because I had just been through that traumatic experience and I was able to write in more detail about, about it. So um, I think experiences like that helps our writing. Don't you agree? Oh, I agree. I, I was just going to say, I I have a feeling, you know, everyone that reads that book will will see or, or feel feel that emotion. I, I'm a I'm a, a avid reader, and it's uh, you know you you can tell when when someone might be just going through the motions. Um, 
we're working on a book and but when something really it gets gets to the author um and there's an, an emotional punch and the, the characters they just seem to feel more um i i think it just leads a, a much richer experience it, it just brings to me all the reasons why people should read books you know um, if, if i always tell people if they don't like to read they haven't read the right book yet Oh, that's perfect. Exactly. Exactly. So tell me, tell us if writing energizes you or does it exhaust you when you're in a long writing um, series? That's a great question, Tracy. I want to say it energizes me. You know, I was just on a cruise. My husband used to just kind of like give me a, a look like, what are you doing bringing your laptop? But I write every day. I write even on vacation. I may not write 10 or 12 pages. Um, I just write five. And in some ways it relaxes me. I, For me, I've always just found a lot of comfort in just kind of leaving life and, and just focusing on some on the book I'm writing and the characters. So for me, it, it definitely energizes me. Now that said, uh, when I'm on deadline and I am running behind, and so I'm not just writing 10, 12 pages, I'm having to write 15 to 18 to 20 pages a day. It is, it's extremely draining. And, and then I just start to wish I had never said yes to that book in the first <laughs> I just wanted to go away. <laughs> aww, aww. Well, you, you know, when we start writing a story, you know, we know that the story is good when we get lost in it and the characters become so real. And that does that is energizing. But what's exhausting, like you said, is when we put ourselves under crazy deadlines, just crazy deadlines. Yeah, and sometimes I, I, I feel, I mean, not to keep going on about this, but I think sometimes people um, who are just starting out writing or maybe they just have a dream of writing, they, they forget that that some days it really is. You, you, you love it. You love it so much. You get lost in the characters. It's the best job in the world. And other days, it's just a job. You know, I mean... There have been many days I've thought, oh, I would much rather go get my meals done and go to the mall today or <laughs> sleep in or go watch a TV show or go exercise or do nothing, you know, and instead I'm like, well, I'll do what I can as soon as I do my job. So some days it just is work. And, you know, my next question was all about what are some common traps for aspiring writers? And um, do you have anything to add to that? I think it was perfect that you said, you know, it is a job. It, it, it's just a job. So best advice I, I try to give people is just to to try to appreciate where you are in your writing career today. I think someone might, might look at, at, at my career and think, oh, well, Shelly, you've gotten on some bestseller lists and you've published a lot of books and you've got deadlines and, and an agent or whatever. Um, I want to do that. And they, they forget, well, it took me 20 years to get here. I, I think it's a wonderful to aspire that. I sure did. And I was unpublished for a very long time. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong with dreams, but I, I think sometimes that you need to appreciate where you are. If, if you're able to write one book a year and it's something to be proud of, then that is where you are in your career. And that's awesome. If you're, if you're just really starting out and, and just have some 
excellent ideas and you get brave enough to write chapter one and a first sentence, then that's worth celebrating too. I absolutely remember the day I did that and I was scared to death and I didn't even think anyone was ever going to see it. It doesn't always make people feel good to, to tell them that it's a journey, but for me at least, it, it sure has been. Well, that was perfect advice. And you are so right. You know, regardless if you're starting that first sentence or finishing that first book, enjoy each step of the process. Because if you if you just keep looking forward to the next, anticipating or stressing about the next step, you're not going to enjoy the process. And, and as a writer, we don't all come out of the gate having 20 books underneath our belt. It takes time and you you learn and you grow with each word is what I always say. You learn and you grow with each word. So thank you. Thank you. So typically I ask, do you ever have writer's block? But this time I want to ask, have you ever gotten reader's block? Which means, you know, you have plenty to read, but you can't decide what to read next. I think that's every day. I, <laughs> I have an awful habit. I leave my shoes all around the house, but I also leave books all around the house. I am a voracious reader and I have a bad habit of probably reading two, three, four books at a time. I just kind of have them all around the house. And a lot of times they're kind of my, my carrots. Like if I write five pages, I'll go have lunch and, and read a chapter of whatever book. So yes, I do have reader's block because I'll, I'll be like, well, which one or should I pick it up? And sometimes I even have kind of like, they're almost like good for me books, like books I wouldn't necessarily pick up just to lose myself in, but I feel like I should read them. And so um, sometimes I have to push myself like, okay, you need to go. It's, it's like taking cough syrup or something. You get, you got to make sure you, you read it. And, but I have to say too, I love all different kinds of, of books. I don't enjoy every single book. So sometimes I may get 50 pages in or a hundred or five and decide, you know what, I, I'm, I'm just not enjoying this as much and I'll just go on to one of the others. Well, I'm impressed that you can read two or three, four books at a time. My, my head goes in so many different directions. I don't know if I could keep them straight, but I do always have one book by my stand in the living room or on my desk or, you know, on my nightstand, I always have something at my fingertips, mainly because my husband and I really don't like the same kind of television shows <laughs> so if he's got some sci-fi science then I'll pick up a book and lots of times if he's watching something that I just really just is hurting my brain I'll just go in the other room and pick up a book so that's mainly why I enjoy reading so much just so that I don't have to watch some of those crazy television shows yeah, no, we do the same thing. We watch about a, an hour of TV together in the evening. And then, you know, he's always like, okay, so are you going to go? And I'm like, yeah, I'll see you later. And I, and then and then later on, he, my husband reads a lot too. So then we, we both read before we go to sleep. So um, I guess, our, you know, everybody gets that. Get, as long as we're reading sometime, I guess, it, it's, a, it's a good habit. It is. It is. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. So let's talk about your newest release, which is Edgewater Road. And I thoroughly enjoyed this book. So before we start talking about Edgewater Road, which you can 
enlighten us here in a little bit that I do believe this is the first book in a new series and we'll talk about that. But let me go ahead and read your back matter. The first in a new series from New York Times bestselling author Shelley Shepard Gray, Edgewater Road invites us into a world of family mysteries and small town secrets. When Jennifer Smiley's grandmother, Ginny, leaves an old farmhouse on Edgewater Road in seemingly quiet Ross County, Ohio, Jennifer can't pass up the opportunity for a new beginning. Almost immediately, she meets a group of men who generously help her move in. When she realizes that they work for Lincoln Bennett, her next door neighbor, she's intrigued. Lincoln is gorgeous and has dark lapis blue eyes she could get lost in, but he doesn't seem all that friendly. She's torn between getting to know him and sticking with the solitude she's known so well. Maybe she could let down some of those walls she's built around her emotions. Lincoln Bennett likes to keep his head down and get work, get his work done. He's been to prison and he knows that a lot of folks don't take kindly to a man with that kind of history. Plus, he's busy helping other ex-cons get back on their feet. But when he meets Jennifer, he can't help but feel an instant attraction. Will she be able to look past his unsavory history? Will she be able to accept the men he's working so hard to help? While Jennifer gets to know Lincoln and his friends, she also begins to unravel her grandmother's story, putting together the pieces from scraps of memories and things she finds in her new home. Soon, she discovers that Ginny Smiley harbored some dark secrets on Edgewater Road, and that those secrets include both Lincoln and her own absent father. Is learning the truth worth the heartache it could bring? As the weeks pass and she and Lincoln become closer, Jennifer learns there is a lot to uncover in Ross County. Wonderful friendships, darling towns, and more than one secret that might be better left buried. Shelley, I have to say, out of all the characters you introduced in this book, Ginny Smiley, Jennifer's grandmother, was the most intriguing, and she wasn't even alive. So congratulations oh. on that. I loved her character that you built there. Oh, thank you. You know, I, I have to say, um, I really enjoyed writing this book. It took me a long time to write it. I wrote a, most of it just for myself before the Blackstone, the, the publisher, picked it up. Because of that, I just, they kind of stood on everybody. And I, I wrote a lot of notes about, about Jenny, um, the, the grandmother. And again, yeah, she, she felt real to me, although, um, she, no, she, she was passed away. Um, well, the, the book opens on, on her funeral. Yeah, it was. But, you know, I wanted you to describe your main character, Jennifer, in three words. But I was really um, intrigued by Jenny. What would be the three words? to describe Ginny so people can get a feeling for this character you created that doesn't even have a voice in your book. Well, once again, Ginny is Jennifer's grandmother. Most important word to describe her would be secretive. Another, I guess the second one would be brave. And the third would be loyal. In a lot of ways, she wasn't a very nice person. She wasn't afraid to do things in order to, to achieve results that she, she hoped for. Jennifer, my heroine, sure doesn't realize that at the beginning. Thank you. Yeah, she certainly does. And I actually love Jennifer as well. 
Ginny definitely has a place um, in the story. So I think I mentioned in the beginning that your story is set in Ohio, in Amish country. Can you tell us a little bit about the location, why you decided to go there? Did you have to do any research um, before you wrote this particular story about that location? The series is called Rumors in Ross County, and there actually is a Ross County in Ohio. Most people would think of Ohio Amish country. Um, it's north of uh, Cincinnati, um, kind of lingering all around um, Columbus, that kind of the center of the state. I did not have to do a lot of research because I've driven through there many times. There's, there's a little town called Chillicothe, which is just um, historic and they're known for doing some outdoor dramas and so forth. I've been through there again many times. What is kind of funny is I knew my hero and a group of his friends all had been um, were ex-cons. And so I wanted there to be a, a prison nearby. So when I started um, researching places, I really did a, quite a bit of research on Ohio prisons, believe it or not. Um, so I sometimes you, I just cringe at what someone might have seen on my Googling because I was looking at um, um, minimum and medium security prisons near an Amish country. And, and so that's how I kind of ended up with, with Ross County. There's, there's, a, there's a prison there. Um, I believe it's Madisonville. Um, and I had driven by there um, before. And I thought this will do. Uh, you know, I, I ended up really loving the, the part of it just because um, sometimes everybody imagines Amish country, either like Lancaster, Pennsylvania, or even up in Sugar Creek, where I've set many books. And it's, you know, it's just everything's just darling and manicured and almost a tourist destination. Um, this Amish community is spread out in Ross County. There's really not a lot of other things going on around there. I mean, besides the, the small towns, but as far as where Edgewater Road is, is set, you just think of a bunch of fields with some big houses and big lots and not a lot else out there, that's Edgewater Road. Well, that was perfect. And you know, um, working Wayne, Wayne is the young Amish man, or I guess he's, he's a teenager. He's, I guess he's not really a man. He's a teenager, but he was delightful as well. Very well-mannered and he fit in the story perfectly. So your fans that, that read your stories because you write um, some Amish fiction will enjoy this story as well. So you did a great job. So Shelly, tell us, was there anything you had to edit out of this book that you can share with us? You know, um, I, I was delighted to see this question, and the answer is yes. It's kind of funny, like I, like I told y'all, um, when I first started writing this book, I, I knew who the hero was. I, I, I just had him pictured in my mind. I mean, he's an ex-con. He's in charge of kind of like a halfway house. He's made it his life's goal to, um, to help men getting out of prison and find themselves so they don't go back in. So um, because of that, I knew he was rough around the edges. I mean, he just was there, not a lot of, of company manners in him. And I, I knew because of the family I made him up having um, was, was not necessarily all that great. 
life in prison wasn't that great. And he's hanging around a lot of, a lot of rough men. So um, anyway, that said, my, when I turned in my, the first book of Edgewater Road, my, my, um, my original manuscript, I wish I just loved him. And my editor did not. <laughs> Um, this is my seventh book I had written for for Blackstone and the others they were like Shelly we, you know we love the answer me and whatever and they they liked my heroes but those heroes they were uh, a lot different men and so she she just said Shelly he is too rough and I was like really um, she's like you need to make him a little nicer so I had to go back and I did I, I had to kind of edit out some of his uh worse works and make him a little bit more more book ready I guess and I'm glad I did I I think sometimes you know Tracy we were talking about you get in the zone and you're writing your book and I liked it I liked it exactly how it was I did I needed um, a couple of other readers to be like you know hold on here Um, we're not we're not falling in love with Lincoln the way he is so I, I did. I changed some things about that. I wonder how many of our readers would enjoy the rough Lincoln. You know, you know not not everybody is. I don't even know how to. I don't even know how to put it. You know, we we all write stories where the hero, you fall in love with them. But can't you fall in love with a hero who's really rough around the edges too? And and I'm glad you said that because. The, the one, the thing that I, that I wanted to come across as I was writing um, Edgewater Road is that it's full of imperfect characters. It's full of imperfect people. Even a, a Jenny that we were just talking about, she is definitely not like, you know, a, um, a right out of a fairy tale grandmother. She, she was very multifaceted and not every one of those facets were, were something she was real excited about other people seeing. Lincoln, I wanted to have a, a, a good man that maybe at first, at first glance, you might think he looks a little scary, but it doesn't mean that once you get to know him, that you wouldn't find that he has character traits that were extremely good and noteworthy. Honestly, with my heroine, Jennifer, um, she comes across at first glance. It's just very naive and, and sweet, but she had some flaws too. She was very closed off from the world and um, distrustful, not only of other people, but herself. I thought it was kind of a perfect storm of a, of a bunch of unlikely people coming together just through geography and circumstances. And then they, they, they find out that they each grow and change. That, that was kind of the journey of writing that book. Well, your readers are going to see that because you introduce a couple very secondary characters who are, you know, Austin and, um, and I'm not going to go into it because I don't want to give anything away, but Austin and Jennifer's uh, biological father, Eric, you know, they're, they're sleazy. They're, you know, they're just, they're just not very nice people. So um, to bring them in as a secondary character, just to show that, you know, this is the real world. There are people out there that are sleazebags, just like these two guys were. But Lincoln comes out ahead and shines and falls in love with Jennifer. So um, it worked out perfectly. So thank you. So tell us, what do you you want your readers to take away from this book filled with unlikely characters? 
I really hope that they connect with one of the characters and maybe they realize that they feel like they have, you know, some, some flaws or, or some areas that they, they might want to improve on that, you know, I, I think that we're all works in progress. And I, I think there's a lot for every person to, you know, that to be so grateful for. And then there's other other traits that that we could work on um so I, I i hope that that that's what they they might get from this i i also my whole point always to to read it to write a book is to is to write a book that someone wants to to they find enjoyable so if if someone reads it and they even if they're not thinking about flawed characters or anything they're just like you know what shelly that was a pretty good book to read for a couple of hours. I'll be, I'll, I honestly will be happy with that too. That's my goal every time I, I launch a book. So that was perfect. Shelly, our listeners love it when they hear a pivotal scene or maybe your first page read by their favorite author. Do you mind reading us um, either the first page or a very special scene that means a lot to you? I was thinking about this and um, kind of a, a fun thing about this novel is that I had started it on chapter one, um, which kind of sounds funny if, if you're not staring at the book, because um, I ended up writing a prologue um, to go with it. So I thought what I would go ahead and do is, is just read you the first page of chapter one, because that was the original way I started the book. This had been a bad idea. Staring at the five vehicles parked haphazardly in the long driveway leading to her neighbor's farmhouse, Jennifer pressed hard on her Camry's brakes and wondered if she could get away from turning around. But the two guys drinking beer on the front porch had already seen her. One of them waved. If she turned around, Jennifer knew that John Bennett would find out. And when he did, he wouldn't, he wouldn't let it slide because that was the way he was. Shoot, he'd probably show up at her front door tomorrow morning and ask her a dozen questions about why she hadn't parked and gone in. He might even decide to stop by later that night. Though she'd only spoken to John a couple of times, Jennifer had already gotten the feeling he didn't suffer fools or liars, which is what she was going to be if, if he asked why she decided to show up at the house without calling first. Jennifer wasn't typically a liar, but she knew herself well enough to realize if she'd feel so foolish, she'd start making up all kinds of excuses that were as flimsy as tissue paper. So there was, since there are no good options, you decide to go inside and do what she came to do. Feeling the weight on her chest, Jennifer carefully pulled off to the side of the driveway, leaving plenty of room to turn around. It wouldn't be hard to do. Lincoln's house was on full two acres, just like it owned. There was plenty of space for parking, and it seemed parties. So that's the first page of chapter one. Well, I can I can uh, picture what she's doing, and I won't take it, I won't give it away. But um, it was a delightful read, and and like I had told you before, um, we started our podcast. Um, I just got back from vacation, and I took your book with me, and I enjoyed it out on the lake. Um, so it was a great. It, it took me like two days to read it, though. I was thinking two hours. I can't read a book in two hours, but it did take me a couple days um, to read it. Maybe I'm not a very fast reader, but I did enjoy 
enjoy it. So if you are a fan of Shelley and you are a fan of her Amish fiction, this is um, certainly something you won't want to miss, even though the characters are not Amish. Um, it is set as set in Amish country and it was delightful. So Shelley, before we sign off, how about you tell us what is next for Shelley Shepherd Gray? I've got the most exciting fall coming up. Um, I hope readers will take a peek for some of my books. Um, in August, I have an Arlequin cold case coming out, and it starts with um, a, a, a body being found, and the title is called Amish Jane Doe. And so that kind of gives you an idea of what that body might be like. Um, right behind it in September, I have a uh, my first new series, Amish series, in set in Apple Creek, and it's called Happily Ever Amish. And right after that is a is a Christmas book called Amish. Uh, I'm sorry, Christmas at the Amish market and it's coming out through Hallmark. So um, I, I have uh, three kind of big books um, coming up this fall and uh, I, I'm thrilled about all of them. Wow, you have a busy schedule and we will get you back on the Buggy Talk podcast and we will talk about each one of them. So thank you so much. Shelly, is there anything you'd like to say to your readers? Yes, I, I would love to connect with them on social media. Um, if if uh, people are interested, you can go to my website, ShellyShepherdGray.com, or you can find me on Twitter at Shelly S. Gray or on Instagram. I think it's also Shelly S. Gray or on Facebook. Um, I have a, a page there. I also have a, have a, a reading group. It's called Shelly Shepherd Gray's Buggy Bunch, and it's a I, I post there every day. And so I, I if people are interested, I would I'd love to see them in any one of those places. Well, thank you. Thank you. So I love to do just a little speed round where I'm just going to ask you a few questions and you just answer off the top of your head. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. Pizza or a salad? Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you own a bicycle? And when's the last time you rode it if you do? I do not own a bicycle. I have not ridden a bicycle in um, about seven years. And it was really pretty scary. I don't know when I'm going to get back on a bike. And, oh, um, no. Yes. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a story for another day. But OK, here's a, here's one that um, I hope you can just rattle off the top of your head. I actually thought about it myself and didn't know what I was going to answer. So hopefully you'll be better at it than I was. So here we go. Say something cool. Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> just. Does that mean that we're not cool? Or I don't know, because I couldn't think of a thing. All I could, you know what I thought of was um, Fonzie saying, hey. Probably, I think I'm older than you. So there's no even no telling what I would come up with. But uh, I wish I was cool. My kids would just kind of be like, yeah, mom, you that, that day has come and gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad I wasn't the only one that couldn't cut up, come up with a great word. So Shelly, thank you so much for spending time with us this week. And I look forward to hearing more about your future projects. And like I said, we will get you back on the Buggy Talk podcast 
podcast this fall so that we can promote and talk about your upcoming books. And that wraps up this episode. And I encourage you all to visit my website at tracyfredikowski.com to see complete lists of some of your favorite Amish fiction authors in the podcast and the great books they add to the Amish landscape. Thank you so much. What an honor to be here. Appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. And to all you listeners, if you want to pick up a copy of Edgewater Road, look for the link in the show notes of this episode that you can find on my website at tracyfredikowski.com. I know that's really hard to spell, so I've made it easier. And you can also go to buggytalkpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete list of some of your favorite Amish fiction authors and all the great books they add to the Amish landscape. To end this episode, if you want more information on my latest release, which is Rebecca's Amish Heart Restored, or any of the other stories I weave around my fictitious town of Willow Springs, I invite you to visit tracysamishbooks.com. That's Tracy with a Y at tracysamishbooks.com. 